You can now subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee and save 20% every single time you get your coffee because they'll send it straight to your door at an interval of your choice. You can choose every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. And of course, you can choose whatever style of coffee you want and you can choose how much you want. It's amazing because you'll have you'll never have to continue thinking about when to go get your coffee or you know that terrible feeling when you go in to your coffee supply at eight in the morning before a big meeting and there's nothing left. That'll never happen to you when you subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee. So check them out today and of course use that code DNVR20. Heck, if you just want to try one bag, see if you like their CBD infused coffee, you can again use that code DNVR20 and have it shipped straight to your door. So make sure you check out Strava Craft Coffee today. absolute banger honestly never gets old well it's, it might get old eventually but right now it's super not old <laughs> absolutely love the song and ryan welcome back welcome into the dnvr broncos podcast on this fantastic friday mob boys ryan what's up what's up man A great start hot start here uh <laughs> we got We're the pod rolling. started and and manny uh, we got the pod started and manny ramirez snapped it right over my head <laughs> uh, before we get started a shout out to msu denver go to msudenver.edu slash online they're the presenting sponsor of this show and they're also the place to go for affordable and online education you can do it from anywhere uh, but they're based right here in denver and uh, we love them a lot so check out msudenver.edu slash online to see all they have to offer 40 plus hybrid programs, 750 total classes uh, really really great stuff going on over there at MSU Denver online. So, Zach, I already heard you say my boys. Um, so I guess it's just you and me right now. We're waiting on Mace. Hopefully he'll join us here in a second. But it is Friday. Oh, man. what this, this is a long week for you, Zach. Felt pretty long to me. Yes, yes. I mean, this, this may be the week where I had no idea what the days are. Still really don't. Although today, feeling like a Friday because we got football right around the corner and we got the Denver Nuggets kicking off their Western Conference final series tonight against the Lakers. What a great time to be a Denver sports fan. It continues. Amazing time to be a Denver sports fan. Although I would make the case that there's never a bad time to be a Denver sports fan. (laughs) Um, But I wore this shirt today. It says, we don't skip steps. It's a, a Nuggets uh, Mike Malone and Tim Connolly kind of, you know, buzz phrase for them that they go to a lot. Uh, and, you know, uh, our guys, Adam, Harrison, Brendan, Eric, they all kind of embrace it as well. Uh, and uh, I'm getting to a point here about the Broncos, so give me a second. But essentially the idea behind it is we 
you know, we built this thing from the ground up. We knew that if we're going to win a championship in Denver, we're going to have to do it differently than everyone else. You're not just going to be able to wait for the big guy to become a free agent and, uh, and win a championship off it. Now, the Broncos are very familiar with waiting for the big guy to become a free, uh, free agent and winning a championship off of it. At least their most recent championship was done that way. But I would say the first two championships in Denver um, were done the, the other way, the right way, I would make the case. And there were no steps skipped then. And I think, to be honest, that the Broncos are going to win a championship anytime soon. They can't skip steps. Um, and and because of that is why I think that this fan base needs to be patient. And I know for a fact that that is not their strong suit. And I know there's probably people saying, whoa, 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 we've been patient for four years now. <laughs> We're ready to win. And I 100% sympathize with that feeling. But I, I almost think that the clock is actually at zero right now. Um, it's not mm. – or I guess it's at – one um it's not at four years and one week it's really you know the the four years there that was uh, you're trying to find a plan and we talked about it a lot zach that the broncos did not have a plan uh and it was very evident now you have a plan and 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 you got to stick to the plan the plan absolutely involves drew lock being the franchise quarterback here in denver um but if you're if you think you're just going to be able to throw this team into a microwave and say go win a championship it's just not going to work that way you have to uh enjoy the ride you have to enjoy the journey and you have to allow guys like drew lock to grow guys like jerry judy to learn from their mistakes and, and to be honest if you believe in him and i'm talking to john Elway directly here if you believe in him you have to allow vic fangio to grow right along with this team uh and so i like there was so much frustration in Broncos country on Monday night and Tuesday morning and probably even, you know, leaking into the rest of the week. And it makes sense. <clears throat> and I was with you because that's a, that was a winnable game. Uh, and, and you hate when it might be on the coaching staff that you lost in the first place. But I just say look for the signs throughout this progress, throughout this process, and look for the progress. And if you if you see it, then it's okay. The results are important. Of course, you got to get them. You can't continue to pile negative results on negative results and negative results, but you got to look for the process. Is Vic Fangio learning from his mistakes, which you hoped he got out of his system in year one? <laughs> he clearly didn't. Is Drew Locke maturing uh, and, and growing and becoming closer to that franchise quarterback that you and I both believe he can? Is this young offense coming into their own is pat Shermer the right guy for that job you just you gotta get these pieces right and if you're just gonna sit there and wait for something to come down you know from the heavens to send you into a super bowl i don't think it's coming anytime soon so you can't skip steps you gotta ride you gotta love the process is what i'm trying to tell broncos fans mm, interesting interesting message to have before the broncos go on the road to play the pittsburgh steelers the undefeated 1-0 pittsburgh steelers i feel like we're tempering expectations for uh for potentially this game the rest of the season potentially and but ryan i completely agree with every single point that you made that this this is something where you didn't start 
the process in 2016, right after the Super Bowl. You didn't start it in 2017, the year after you missed the playoffs for the first time after Peyton Manning. It's really starting. I guess it started a tiny bit last year, but really with the full group, it's starting right now. So you're you're 100% right with those points. And Drew Locke is, is the way to get there, I truly believe. The Broncos are going to be too good to get a Trevor Lawrence, to get a Justin Fields this year. So that's not going to happen. And if Drew Locke doesn't work out, I think the uh, the magical thing to fall out of the sky would be an Aaron Rodgers. But if he's playing the way he's playing, I think uh, they'll just say, okay, Jordan Love, you're just going to be a backup for many, many years. So you're right, Ryan. Ryan died with Drew Locke. And so far, uh, not just this past game, but the six starts we've seen, it looks very promising in Broncos land, despite, you know, being 0-1 right now. It's so hard to heap praise onto Drew Locke when the team scored 14 points. Yeah. But I want to do it because I, when I rewatched the game, I again came back saying, like, yep, that's the Drew Locke that I thought they were going to get. Um, and not in a bad way, in a positive way. He looked composed. He made plays with his feet. He made plays with his rocket arm. He did so many things right, and a compilation of mistakes, some from him, some from Jerry Judy, some play-calling mistakes, some from Melvin Gordon, that derailed them from really being able to have a positive offensive game, and it derailed them so far that they had a very negative offensive game. Like, 14 points, never acceptable. But if you just watch each play in a vacuum, you come away saying Drew Locke played really well. So again, I'm not necessarily trying to temper expectations for this week, but I think that that first game should teach everyone a lesson for what to look for, what to expect. Um, They showed us on Monday night, and it doesn't mean they can't be ready this week, but they weren't ready. They weren't ready to be a team that beats a team that was in the AFC Championship last year when it comes down to just one or two plays. Um, and they could be ready at any time. But in the meantime, I, I, I just think it's really important to look for the signs. And Drew Locke, to me, who is the most important signal giver, gave very positive signs in that game. Yeah, he, he was green lights all the way. And Pastor Rhett giving a great point here. He says injuries have taken off the pressure for the team this year. And I think that's also something that's coming into the mix. Ryan, the Broncos are going to be without their highest paid player in Von Miller, their third highest paid player in AJ Boye, uh, likely, very likely without uh, Philip Lindsay, a pro bowler. Uh, and then Cortland Sutton and Bradley Chubb, two of your best players on the team, are, aren't going to be playing at 100% if Cortland does end up playing, which I do think he will end up playing to answer Frankie's uh, Frankie's question. I do think Cortland ends up playing, but he's not going to be 100%. So, uh, Ryan, just right there, not to give excuses for this team, but that's just that's just the, the straight-up truth about where this team is at. And so you do have to take all of that into consideration going into a game when, when you're predicting what happens in a game. And then also after the fact. And what I don't want to do is Monday morning come in here and for the first time say, oh, well, they had injuries and give them all these excuses. No, because it's a fact going into the game that the Broncos are really beat up. They're young. Uh, so so that that's that's just what to expect going into this game. 
I think you're totally right. And uh, you mentioned highest paid players. They're without Von Miller. They're without AJ Boyer. That's one and three. Where does uh, Juwan James rank on that scale? Uh, he would be, uh, he's even taken out of that equation. So they'd be three of their top four highest paid players. That's tough. That's really tough. And on Monday night, they were without quite arguably the most dangerous player on their team, which is Cortland Sutton. Yeah. And maybe the easily top five most dangerous players on their team, Philip Lindsay, uh, for the second half of that game. So, man. It, it's such a weird game because it's really disappointing that they lost when they could have won. But there, I mean, excuses almost feels like a, a bad word for what they had. Like they had a reason to lose. Uh, and and it, unfortunately, it came through. Okay. Oh, you have one more thing to say? I was just going to say that they could have also won, though. Uh, there were reasons, excuses that, that why they lost. But they could have also won that game, which it, at the same time, as disappointing and frustrating that is that's also encouraging because this was a team that just was in the AFC championship game and the Broncos lost by two with all of those things going on absolutely exactly and and we've we've already gone through all the reasons why they should have won um okay so now the Broncos find themselves in a hole I put that in quotes because it's just one game but we talked about this you know all I think all three of us in our season predictions that we made right after the schedule came out, before they lost all these guys, had them winning that game uh, and had them making the playoffs. Now, you and Mace both had them losing before the game, but you did still have them making the playoffs. In my opinion, if that's going to happen, they have to steal one now, one that they shouldn't win. And what a perfect opportunity to, to level the playing field this weekend. You have an opportunity to go steal one in a game that you should not win. You're on the road, you're seven and a half point dogs, uh, and you're going up against a team whose strength very uh, well matches up very well with your greatest weakness, which of course is the offensive line. Though it didn't look that way on Monday night. We, that's at least still how I feel is that's the one thing that can really hold this team back. So Zach, the question is, if they're going to go steal one in Pittsburgh, how do they do it? Well, they've got to do a couple of things. They have to get pressure on Big Ben. And, of course, they don't have Von Miller, so that's a tough task for the defense. But you don't have A.J. Boye. You, you're playing two rookies, an undrafted one in a third-round pick. It's going to be the, the first time that they both play an extensive, almost a near-full game uh, in the NFL so you can't let Big Ben sit there and just pick them apart because they have very good receivers on their team, just starting off with Juju Smith-Schuster. If there's no pressure on Big Ben, it's going to be a long, long day. You have to get pressure and do it however you want. Uh, blitz, if Bradley Chubb's got to be good. you got to get pressure up uh, off the inside. Bring Kareem Jackson. Bring the corners on blitzes. You have to get pressure on him. And then on the other side, Ryan, you got to hit big plays. Uh, Drew Locke needs to hit those big plays down the field, or it can be from the running game. It's not all on Drew Locke's shoulders. And I, I'm also looking at uh, Pat Shermer to design some things. Get Noah Fant moving on a slant where he catches the ball seven yards downfield. It's an easy catch for him, not over the shoulder. And when he catches it, he's full speed already. Th those are the plays the Broncos need. And KJ Hamler, mm. get him involved. Now, he may have... He may play 20 plays this week, 
but let him touch the ball five times, you know, two screens, easy plays. He doesn't have to have all of training camp to do that. Uh, A little pitch to him, be creative with him because he is your explosive playmaker. So those are the two things that I think need to happen for the Broncos to to pull up uh, a pretty huge upset this week. Yeah. The, the pressure on big Ben is probably everything. And Again, I mentioned this all week. If you watch that Monday Night Football game, the man cannot move. Like, <laughs> like he's you, a statue. I, I, like, you might as well put like a little slot at the back of his drops where he just has to put his feet in there and keep them there. Um, that's like how much of a statue he is. He looks unbelievably slow. Now he's still hard to to break to bring down um, because, like, just like a statue is. Um, you know, you're going to have to uh, to get a lot of people really mad to take down a statue. Um, <laughs> but he can really pick you apart. He can really pick you apart when it comes to uh, just standing back there. So you're going to have to trust guys like Bassey uh, and Ojemudia in single coverage, and you're going to have to put pressure on this guy, and he's going to beat you. Um, there will be a time where you try to bring pressure. You put those guys in single coverage and, and they get beat. You know, when you talk about um, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson is also a very good uh, wide receiver. Uh, James Washington, a former second round pick, I believe. Uh, so they've got guys that can make your life really difficult. But you cannot force Ojemudia and Bassey and even Bryce Callahan to cover these guys for three and a half, four seconds or you will get burned. So I'm 100% with you. That is 1A as to how you win this football game. 1B is you got to stop it on the other side. And honestly, this might be 1A. You cannot let them tee off on Drew Locke because they absolutely teed off on Daniel Jones uh, like they were at Top Golf. Just <laughs> like it was so easy. They're just strutting up there. Put your, put your club over the little sensor, ball comes out, you smash it. Like, that's what they were doing. And the Giants, who, you know, formerly led by Pat Shermer, had, now led by Jason Garrett, had no answer for this. Like, it, it should have been criminal that they just let Daniel Jones continue to get teed off on without bringing any counterplays to the table. Um, so, if you do this to Drew Locke, you're going to have a really tough time. Um, I think one thing that people don't realize is how fine the margins are in NFL football. I think a perfect example is to watch Joe Burrow last night. Uh, at, at a certain point, in the, he was dialed in, man. He was making every throw. And then in the third quarter, he took a really big hit uh, and just got flattened. And if you watch after that play – he was not nearly as precise for the, for almost the entire rest of the game. Even when they were making plays, you know, the, the, the tight end has to make like a spinning left-handed catch. There's just a, uh, there's really fine margins in the NFL. And when your quarterback starts getting flattened, the, his margin for error goes up. He starts making more errors. He starts seeing people. So you got to protect him early and you got to protect him often and you cannot let him get smacked. And I'm, I'm really of the belief that the Steelers said that's what we did to Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones and Drew Locke, you know, are similar players. Send, you know, send the dogs uh, and see what he can do to beat you. So Drew has to be able to beat them. 
In the same way that Ben has to be able to beat the Broncos when they bring pressure, uh, Drew is going to have to hit a big play to a guy like KJ Hamler, a guy like Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton if he plays. Uh, you know, get it up there and let those guys run under it in their single coverage. But man, you better have some counters ready early to put those guys on their heels a little bit because if you let Bud Dupree and TJ Watt and all these guys just tee off on Drew Locke, you're going to have a bad, bad time. And here's the reason why the Steelers should absolutely load the box on every single play and bring the pressure with more than just Bud Dupree and TJ Watt is because then that'll really help them stop the running game. And the Broncos are, are very likely going to be without Philip Lindsay. So it's all going to be on Melvin Gordon's shoulders. And last week when the Steelers said, we're not letting Saquon Barkley beat us, they did just that. Saquon rushed for 0.4 yards per carry, not even half a yard per carry. That is insane. If the Broncos do anything close to that this week in terms of being that bad, it's going to be extremely, extremely rough because they will get to Drew Locke. If, if, if they know that the Broncos have to throw the ball every single play, it's going to be rough. I was very, very, very impressed with Garrett Bowles last week but he's going up against way different competition this week. Uh, the Broncos rushed for over 100 yards last week, and if you eliminate that, then it's going to be tough for Bulls. And, of course, on the other side, it's going to be very, very, very difficult for Elijah Wilkinson. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we got Mace in the house. Let's bring in Mace. What up, my man? Hey, sorry, guys. What happened was <laughs> I haven't had more than three hours sleep in one burst in about two weeks, and I think my system just finally up and said when because somehow I slept through five separate alarms today that's a that's a five alarm sleep session right there. yeah i think my, i think i get my body just gave up and said you are sleeping whether you like it or not and every point you made there are case spot on about about this and uh last week the steelers according to pro football focus had 37 total pressures on daniel jones it's insane garrett and that's garrett like both fair yeah, Garrett Bowles, to his credit, only allowed one pressure. In fact, everyone on the offensive line, according to PFF, was credited with, credited with one pressure allowed against the Titans. But this is a completely different animal, and and who knows how this elbow is going to affect Garrett Bowles. He yeah. should play, but uh, you know there was that shot of him. I saw it yesterday. Did you have the shot, Zach, where Garrett was kind of had, had his arm in the air, or was that somebody else? Yeah, yeah. Had, yeah. <laughs> He looks he looks yeah. like Mr. Bionic with his arm right now. I mean, he had it in, in a big sleeve with a huge brace over it. Yeah. So you wonder about you wonder about range of motion with that elbow and with that arm. If if it's if it's not there and against uh, Dupree or TJ Watt, then that's going to that's that's gonna put him in some trouble. So the other thing is with the Steelers, it's not like you and you also mentioned RK. The interior, interior-wise, they are solid, and they, and that's a big part of why Saquon Barkley had no room to run was because the guys on the interior were crashing through. Now that's where I think the Broncos do have a significant advantage over the Giants is on the interior O line. Cushenberry got praise from Glam Glasgow yesterday, but Dalton Reisner and Glasgow both also had good games. Now the Steelers, they'll probably try to pose a lot of questions to cushion Barry. I think we'll probably see a few more a gap blitzes, a gap rushes rushes than we would have seen. than we would see from them against the giants, but I'm pretty confident that 
those three guys on the interior are going to do a better job than the Giants guys did and allow for maybe not some huge holes, but just enough to ensure that the running game doesn't collapse the way it did for the Giants with Saquon on Monday night. You'll you'll rarely hear me say this uh, in an analysis of a football game, but I think the Broncos need to get east and west in this game. Uh, I think they need to run some reverses. I think they need to run some end arounds, some screens. Get away from the interior uh, of this this Pittsburgh Steelers defense because they're really stout uh, from their pass rushers to their interior defensive line to their linebackers. The middle of that defense is a bore. And like I said, I I almost exclusively say you got to get north and south. I actually think you need to get east and west in this game. I wouldn't mind uh, on the first play of the game seeing them throw a pitch to Melvin Gordon that actually Mm -hmm. results in a reverse going the other way to K.J. Hamler or something along those lines. Make this defense worry about them getting north and south because you're getting east and west effectively. So, Ryan, when you say that, to me, it, it makes me think that you want the game to slow down and you don't, you don't want the Broncos to get uh, in a shootout. I, am I taking that right? Not necessarily. I just think they need to make this defense worry about what's going on outside the numbers. Because, again, if you watch what they did to the Giants, they just said, like, you're not doing anything in the middle of this football field. Uh, and it wasn't – they didn't get anything from Saquon Barkley until they finally threw a screen to him on the outside and let him – getting some one-on-one matchups out there. So um, you don't want to get into a shootout with Big Ben. Uh, he's pretty uh, he's pretty uh, well-tested in duels. But I just think you need to make this defense, you know, you need to make those guys on the edge feel like they can't just go right at Drew Locke. They need to set the edge and, and, and stick with their fundamentals because the Broncos are, you know, not necessarily using trick plays, but just a little bit of misdirection uh, making them think they're going one way and going the other. And also pre-stat motion, at least. You yep. have guys move and get them outside the box, forced Pittsburgh to cut to cover more area laterally pre-snap, and then maybe that can open up some windows in, in the box from time to time. But you're right. You've got you to use every square inch of the field. Uh, you do have some possibilities. You mentioned K.J. Hamler on a, on a reverse. Noah Fant in the screen game and in and on swing passes outside. They went away from this in the second half. Go right back to it in Pittsburgh. Because that's a that's a way to kind of break things break things up a little bit and get them out of the box, get them covering more territory. And maybe that can open up some things for Melvin Gordon to, up the middle. It, uh, Noah Fant had five targets in the first half last week. He had five catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Get him five targets in the first half against the Steelers, but then get him <laughs> five targets in the second half as well because he proved to just be a, an absolute nightmare for that Titans defense, and then you went away from him. Now, you're likely going to have Cortland Sutton back, I believe, in this game, and so that's going to help you as well. But guys, when you talk about kind of spreading the offense out, and I get doing the plays to the outside, but if you are running five wide and four wide, then what that does is just puts a ton of pressure on your tackles, your line, but specifically the tackles. Do you guys like the matchups of, of Elijah Wilkinson against uh, you know Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt, Garrett Bowles against those guys, or do you want to keep you know a tight end in on – every other play 
I mean, no one likes that matchup. <laughs> not you, not me, not Pat Shermer, not Elijah Wilkinson, not Garrett Bowles. Um, it's, you know, this, this happens in football games. You're, there's going to be places where you're outmatched. Um, I will say this, and I think Broncos fans will sympathize with me here. How many times have we had games where we, we looked at the Broncos pass rushers versus the other team's tackles and said, oh, my God, these guys are completely outmatched, and yet the Broncos pass rushers didn't didn't wreck the game? Um, it's happened quite a bit, am I right? Yeah, definitely. And, and so that tells you there are ways. There are ways to scheme your way out of this mismatch, uh, and it's up to Pat Shermer to find it. And one of those ways absolutely is chipping. Now, you can't double chip every play. Um, although, although Jerry Judy is so good at winning single matchups that I would consider maybe doing it a couple times, but if you double chip, at most you've got two routes out there. Uh, so you're counting on those guys to win their matchups. And and if it's Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, those guys are capable of it. But it also means there's two routes and usually two safeties. And so there's a chance that, you know, they can double cover them. So you, those – like Garrett Bowles, Elijah Wilkinson are going to have to win some one-on-one plays to give this team any any bit of a chance because you can't double chip both sides on every play. Yeah, no, you certainly can't. Uh, Am and, and Ballrith asks, is K.J. – Hamler going to play well what I can tell you is the two practices the Broncos have had this week he's been a full participant in both of those practices so he's definitely definitely trending in the right direction I think he will play and guys what we've kind of talked about every aspect of the game except for one and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers running attack and rightfully so it's maybe the least dangerous part of their team but get ready for this stat since the beginning of 2018 the Pittsburgh Steelers are undefeated. They're 12-0-1 when they get 100 or more rushing yards. Undefeated, including uh, week one uh, against the, the Giants. They had over 100 yards and won that game, obviously. When they don't get 100 rushing yards, they're 6-14. and 14. So they can still win games when they don't get 100 rushing yards, but they're likely to lose. And now a, a good rushing game helps everyone, right? Well, no other team can say that. Uh, the greats, the you know, the Patriots of the last couple of years, the Chiefs of the last couple, of, the Saints. You can go down the list. No other team can say that. And the Broncos in that time frame are ten and nine when they rush for over a hundred yards. So really, as as much attention as there is on Ben Roethlisberger and, and stopping him, and rightfully so, it's not just about stopping him. You got to stop the run game uh, because Ben can throw for 400 yards and win. Ben can also throw for 400 yards and lose. He's proven that throughout his career since the beginning of 2018. If you stop the Steelers on the ground, then you got a better chance than to, to win. And that means not James Conner this week because he's going to be out. Benny Snell Jr. is the name everyone got has become familiar with because he went for 113 yards on Monday night. Now, Zach, is some of that though kind of it's a kind of a chicken and egg thing that they're running to preserve leads, so thus it's going it's going to be skewed that way. That that that's the one thing that I would that that I hear that stat on the surface. I think okay, how much of it is second half running with a lead? Because it maybe that maybe this team with with how Ben Roethlisberger has evolved, losing Antonio Brown and not playing with Roethlisberger last year, it was a team that certainly wasn't equipped to come back in the second half of 2019. Then Mace, why can't yeah. why can't any other team say that? No, yeah. no. Here's what it is. To me, it's not as much about them running to preserve leads 
as it is about them throwing when they're losing or if it's close. Uh, pretty much, you know, they love Big Ben and they ride Big Ben a lot. And pretty much if the game is tied or they are losing, they just chuck it. Uh, and in the, the running game just goes away. So that's what I think the stat is more about is you got to put them in that position because if not, then yes, they run to preserve the lead. And, and But it's not hard to run for 100 yards. Like every football team in America thinks they're going to run for 100 yards every week. Well, I don't know. I so got- uh, against, against the Broncos' defense, so I kind of disagree with that. The Titans wanted to run for 200 yards last week, and Derrick Henry was only able to run for 111 on 31 carries. So, I mean, I, I think that that's a good thing for this Broncos defense. If, if that stat holds up this week, um, then I think that's a very good thing for the Broncos defense because Derrick Henry, yes, he did top 100 yards last week, but it was a tough 100 yards for him. Yeah, the quietest, quietest 100-yard game that you're ever going to see from a player individually is the one that Derrick Henry had. But part of it also was that the Broncos never put the Titans in a position where they had to, where they felt like they had to go away from it. Exactly. And, well, and the it, Titans. And if, yeah. If they convert, and it's as simple if, as converting that fourth and goal at the one, getting that touchdown probably means the Titans might have had to go away from it in the second half. The Titans, deserve, the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit because they came into the game with a just stubborn belief that they're going to run the ball 30 times with Derrick Henry no matter what. Um, and they beat the Broncos because of that because they did not abandon the run, despite the fact that the Broncos were bottling up Derrick Henry uh, three out of every four plays. So that was just a great, uh, that was a commitment to their game plan that I think really paid off for them because you saw, you know, they are a team that is very well equipped to convert third and two, third and threes. And they had a bunch of third and two, third and three, third and fours. And they were fine with that going into the game. They possessed the ball and they made life difficult on the Broncos defense because the Broncos on defense that all we have to do is stop Derrick Henry. We're going to win the game. They kind of did. Um, and unfortunately for the Broncos, the Titans had those play action pl- passes that they were really confident in uh, and, and they hit them a bunch. So I, I get what you're saying, Zach, but there's no team that goes into a game saying they're not going to run the ball for a hundred yards. It's not, <laughs> a, it's not that much of a, a milestone as a team for a player. It's a milestone, but you know, any team believes they're running the ball for 100 yards going into the game. So uh, for the Broncos, they have to put, you know, it's an old Vance Joseph formula, uh, you know, the recipe, the formula. They have to get themselves a lead so that the, the Steelers uh, panic and start throwing the ball more than they want to. Yeah, and then and then you just got to stop them with, with your two rookies. And when you were saying that about the game plan and giving credit to the Titans for sticking with that, that's how every team should be, and it just made me even more disappointed that the Broncos got away from their game plan of going to Noah Fant uh, last week because that's what they should have done. And Big Smooth 84 says they didn't get away from Noah Fant. They didn't have time, and drops killed them. Well, that's not really true, Big Smooth. After the game, Noah Fant literally admitted the game plan shifted to go away from him, and you can't do that. I don't care if you have six plays in the third quarter. If if one of your receivers or, or running backs or tight ends has five catches for 81 yards and a touchdown in the first half, make sure one of those plays goes to him. Absolutely. All right. Any last keys that you guys have, Mace? Zach and I basically hit on the main ones, which is, uh, you know, 
rush the passer and stop them from rushing the passer. Uh, do you have anything maybe a little more off the wall uh, that you think the Broncos need to do if they're going to pull off this upset as seven and a half point underdogs? I think they need a takeaway. They need to win the takeaway battle, and one of those takeaways has to set up a short field, and they certainly can't afford to have a giveaway give Big Ben and company a short field. Because It's funny how you look at Monday night's game for the Broncos, and you can flip any num- about 10 or 12 different things, and then the outcome is different and probably in the Broncos' favor. But it's sort of old school here. If you take away the Melvin Gordon fumble and then – the Titans were scoring off that short field, then the outcome could have been different. So you ball security is going to be job security for everybody on the offense and the Broncos special teams here. You can't give the Steelers a short field to work with. So that, I think that that's kind of old school, but I'm going to focus. I'm going to also focus on that, protect the football in this game as much as you can. All right, right. guys, let's get our picks and make them official. Broncos, like you said, Ryan, seven and a half point dogs traveling to Pittsburgh on a short week, playing the early game on Sunday. No fans there, but as Mike Tomlin said, his commute is only 20 minutes from the stadium, which makes it a home field advantage for them. So who are you taking? What happens on Sunday? Well, I love the points. Uh, I love the seven and a Mm -hmm. half. I think. Uh, that's too many points. I think this Broncos defense is just too good, even without A.J. Boye and Von Miller, to let this thing get out of hand. Uh, at least that's what I that's what I believe. Um, so I like the seven and a half. And to be honest, I have I don't I don't know what happens after that, but I know the Broncos cover the seven and a half. No, 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 no. What's the final score prediction? Uh man. You're trying to mace me on this one. I am trying to. (laughs) You're trying to get off easy. Uh, Uh, I'll say that the uh, Broncos lose 27-24. Okay. Keep it close. Keep it close. Mace, what are you going with? Uh, They're going to lose. I don't think they're going to get to 20 points. In fact, if you go back to the – the ninth game of last year for Pittsburgh, uh, that their defense has only given up more than 20 points. Once there was a game, they gave up 28, but there was a fumble recovery and a safety involved with it. So points are going to be at a premium against the Steelers defense as they have for every team, uh, since the start of November last year, I've got Pittsburgh 21 Broncos 16. Mm. Mm, so Mace, you're taking yeah, against yeah, the spread. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, the seven and a half is a big number, and I think uh, one thing we've seen from this Bronco team under Vic Fangio is they do play a lot of games close, closer than you might expect. Think back to like the Minnesota game, for example, uh, last year. Nobody saw that game being close, so uh, I could see, I could see something like that. I think they'll play, they'll play the Steelers tough. I think they'll have their chances. I just think Pittsburgh will do will do a little more with their chances in part because their defense is going to constrain the Broncos offense. Yeah. Seven and a half points is a lot, but there's a lot of things going against the Broncos in this game. Like we detailed. So I'm taking Pittsburgh with the points. I think it's going to be a double digit game. I think I'll go Steelers 27, 17 Uh, guys, just everything we talked about, they shut down the, the Steelers shut down the run. So that's going to put everything on Drew Locke's shoulders, which I trust. 
but there's going to be a brutal pass rush in Drew Locke's face the entire game. And, uh, and on the flip side, Ben Roethlisberger gets to go against two rookie corners. Both of those corners, by the way, uh, graded out in the top five rookie corners, according to PFF last week. So I'm very impressed with those guys, but they are going up against a Hall of Fame quarterback. So I just think it's going to be a really tough game without having two of their three highest paid players. If you want to include Juwan James in there, three of their four highest paid players uh, without a Pro Bowl running back. There are so many things going against the Broncos this game. So that's why I think it's going to be Steelers double digits. Yeah, you know, my heart wants me to take the Broncos, but my head is reminding me of when this offense was off in training camp, it was all because of pass rush. And you mentioned it, you know, those guys are going to be just pinning their ears back and going after Drew Locke. And, And when that happened in practice, when the Broncos defense did that to the Broncos offense in practice, they struggled mightily. Uh, so my head is telling me, use the information that you have at hand here. And unfortunately, I just think uh, that the, the the Steelers do enough and make life difficult enough and have a Hall of Fame quarterback who makes enough plays to beat the Broncos. I can't, yeah, I can't wait to see the uh, social media reaction to the staff pick graphic that we put up over the weekend. Well, we'll oh, just we'll put it up against the spread like we were supposed to do. <laughs> we're already seeing from Bronco Tiz telling us, shut up, RK Mason Zach. Broncos are winning 24 to 13. Oh, and guys, uh, <laughs> something we haven't mentioned. Uh, this week on the pod, I don't believe, is the rest of the AFC is 1-0, unfortunately. So it would be a great game for the Broncos to steal. But fortunately, after this week, the rest of the AFC won't be undefeated. Let's go through our picks really quick. Chiefs, eight-and-a-half-point favorites playing against the Chargers. I believe that's the biggest line of the weekend. The Broncos coming in at second with the seven-and-a-half. Ryan, you're shaking your head. I said this on bets, and and I don't really care if I'm wrong here, but – I said you you would have to set the line at Chiefs minus 20 and a half for me to even consider staying away from it. Um, I just – I think the Chargers suck. Uh, they lost their center now on top of it. Uh, I think that the Chiefs are just going to obliterate them. Yeah. Yeah, pretty. If, if the Bengals have any other kicker besides uh, Steven Goskowski, they tie that game against the Chargers last week and potentially beat them in overtime. So, yeah, I'm I'm taking the Chiefs eight and a half as well. Yeah, hey, Randy Bullock was he was making his kicks last night, even though he missed that big one on Sunday. But uh, I yeah, thought his like leg fell off when he missed the field goal on Sunday. Yeah, I, 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 when he did that, I thought, did he? literally tear a hamstring or something or a calf muscle what the heck happened but uh well it was a good enough acting job to keep his job for another week hey good job good job (laughs) you got it you know you got to shake it off wave you can bravely go on i'm sure bengals fans are thrilled about that but it just you don't want to get too much into the game to game comparison but if you looking at what the chargers offense did against the bengals defense and compare it to what the Browns did against that Bengal defense. Some of it was a bounce back for Cleveland, but LA's offense is bad. And with the injuries, it's getting worse by the day. I don't think they can, they can score enough to, to to keep pace in any way, shape or form. And the other thing is lack of, uh, lack of crowd noise at games this year. Unfortunately, it plays right into the hands of an offense like the chiefs. So, wasn't think, gonna be much crowd noise, anyways. Yeah, exactly. There were well, there would have been a lot of chief uh, chief fans there. Although first Charger game at SoFi, you, you never know. But 
the Chiefs are going to win this game. I'd say I'd say they win this thing by three scores. I think they I think they win 31, 14, 38, 21, something like that. Well, I'm curious if you guys go a similar direction with the final game of the weekend in the AFC, and that's the Saints five-and-a-half-point favorites going into Las Vegas to open up the Raiders stadium on Monday night football. Five-and-a-half points for the Saints. Do you feel the same way that you did about the Chiefs? Uh, Not quite, but I do think they win the football game uh, by a touchdown or more. Um, You know, a little bit – I think a little bit of an overreaction – towards the Raiders for beating the Panthers, uh, who everyone thought was tanking anyway. Uh, I continue I, I continue my belief that that's not a great football team. Uh, and the Saints went and laid a, a, a pretty uh, convincing beatdown on Tom Brady's Buccaneers. So I think they go out there and, and win this one convincingly. Mace? Got to go with the Saints here. It's If the number was up to, say, eight points, I'd go with the Raiders just to get it to, to lose but cover. But... I think New Orleans wins this one by right around a touchdown. Yeah, I think uh, I think five and a half is way too easy. The Saints and uh, Sean Payton's a guy that has proven throughout his career he's not afraid to run up the score. So I think we could see that happening. The key for the Raiders is going to be what they had last week. It's going to be Josh Jacobs. Can he be an MVP candidate that he proved last week he was? If he can do that, it'll keep the game close. But even then, I still see the Saints winning. Yep, absolutely. Speaking of Josh Jacobs, I'm going up against him in uh, the Madden League uh, divisional playoffs coming up tomorrow. I got a dub last night, got out of the wild card. Uh, now I get to go face uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals and Josh oh, Jacobs. Oh, your team. That's Are you going to be, be able to beat little, your team? A little painful right there. <laughs> no, because I, I also have my team, which is the Eagles. <laughs> oh, it my is, gosh. It is a bird-on-bird matchup, which always always good. <laughs> you are that person that just has pretty much every team except for like two are your teams no that's not true <laughs> i i really I, I just like to latch on to uh players and coaches and things like that and then cheer them on is there no are you a falcons fan too i mean no, you just, what, I what, why don't you just take on every bird squad and you can you can be the flock i not the Falcons, but I also, I also uh, you know, this, I like the Seahawks, mostly just from a betting perspective. How about the Ravens? I mean, it's fun. I mean, wow, the last there are a lot teams, of bird teams. Yeah, we met, the last two teams we mentioned are the best birds in the league. Yeah. And have uh, MVP caliber quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, Lamar's awesome, um, but I'm, I'm not much of a Raven guy. Raven's a terrible bird anyway. It's just ugly. <laughs> yeah, intimidating it's black it's black it's you know it's named it's named after something literary i mean how can you not love that and our uh our wonderful producer ali chiming in says it should only be the eagles how could you uh, i mean how could you not love <laughs> kyler murray and the sexiest man alive cliff kingsbury <laughs> it's uh it's i mean hey they looked really good on sunday Yep, they sure did. Going up against Just as the, I told uh, everyone they would. the NFC <laughs> champion. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the live portion of the podcast today. Uh, thanks to everyone who tuned in on the live. Uh, appreciate all of you. And, of course, for those of you who are listening on the pod, we, we roll along. But for today, on the live portion, we'll talk to you later. All right, we're going to let Mace head off to practice now. Uh, as he goes to, you know, do the take roll and all that good stuff. Uh, but we're going to roll along here, me and Zach, on the DNVR Broncos podcast. And a shout-out to Breckenridge Brewery. 
uh, heck, it's first come, first serve down at the DNVR bar tonight. So if you're listening to this, you might as well just head over now and start getting some Breck brews uh, as the Nuggets get ready to take on the Lakers in game one. Uh, might I recommend an RK special when you get to the DNVR bar? Uh, it's it's sweeping the nation. And by the nation, I mean at least people who come into the DNVR bar. Every night, I've got the bartender telling me, like, man, so there was like 13 RK specials ordered tonight. So once you, you know, once you try it, you can't really go back. It's, a, it's one of the, the great beer creations ever, I would say. Oh, it, it absolutely is. And it's got, a, it's got a legendary name too, huh? It sure does. Now, <laughs> if you can't come down to the DNVR bar tonight, you can always go down to your local liquor store, get yourself a six-pack of Hot Peak, six-pack of Strawberry Sky, and make some RK specials at home. Or maybe you're a porter guy. Vanilla porter is always a good, good go-to. Amber Ale, the Avalanche is fantastic. So whatever is your kind of beer, there's always something for you at Breckenridge Brew. Ryan, we just gave our picks for the AFC this week, and we were pretty confident in, in all of them. We, we all liked the lines there. So if you guys want to get in on the action, there's no better place to do it than DraftKings Sportsbook. And I guarantee you, those are the odds on DraftKings Sportsbook because that is where I pulled them. So make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And to add to the excitement of football being back in week two, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. So make sure to check them out because they're offering all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team. That's right. You can place $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How can you pass that up? And if you're new to DraftKings Sportsbook, head to the app now to scout their latest offers. Bet with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's safe reliable you can deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want so download the top rated drafts DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code dnvr when you sign up to get this can't miss offer pick any team during week two bet one dollar on them and you'll win one hundred dollars if they win that's one dollar to win 100 when you use the promo code dnvr during sign up for a limited time only only a DraftKings sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Zach, I also, you know, I got to do a quick plug here for DNVR Bets Daily. Um, you said we're confident about the AFC West games. I am in love with the NFL slate this week. I gave out, we gave our picks for every game. Uh, on yesterday's podcast there there's like two on the whole slate that I'm like yeah I don't really have a lean here I I love this slate I, I couldn't agree with you more when I looked at it earlier this week I was just like you've got to be kidding these are yeah. all so juicy <laughs> yeah really juicy um, so I like a lot of the underdogs um, and uh, there's money to be made out there so head over to DraftKings Sportsbook all right something else nope it's all you all right, heading into the comments here from our loyal listeners. Uh, and the first one here comes in from Count Locula. Mace not here to read it, so I'll do the honors. If you had a chance to put Vic in timeout, what would it look like? The death by inches treatment? The world of suck chair? The false pos- positive subcockle? I don't know what that means. <laughs> Get creative, gents. This is your chance to call a T-E end around on the old ball coach. Love the count. <laughs> you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the spinoff one of those. I'm going to go with the death by seconds treatment. As, uh, you know, he, he did that to himself. Yeah, he sure did. Um, 
I'm going to put Vic Fangio into a room where all he gets to do is watch the clock tick down uh, <laughs> Yikes. And, and his hands are tied. So he can't press, he can't <laughs> put them together in a T. <laughs> That's the torture that, uh, that we all had to go through on, on Monday night. Oh man, that'll kill him. H-Town Bronco says, what a great signing Mark Barron was, huh? Elway sure does love signing vets to sit on the couch and collect free money. Anytime Elway uh, signs someone after June, it's a guaranteed bust, it seems. Stop that. Stop that. <laughs> but hey, here's to getting a dub on the Steelers. I feel I'm more confident about this game than most. An old, immovable Big Ben, right tackle out for the year, and Connor isn't right either. Drew Locke is going to have to come out the gate full speed, deep bomb to Sutton and Judy, or, or a screen to Hamler. And I'm feeling good about Chubb getting his first sack of the season and the team getting its first interception. I'm calling Bosby as well, Ryan, and taking it to the house. Cheers, gents. Yeah, come on! You can't, you can't do that to John Elway. Like it's not <laughs> his fault that guys get injured. Yeah, and neither of them were injured before they were signed or anything like that. Right um, now, like there is a, a problem with NFL players getting thrust into practice after being on their couch and getting hurt. Uh, well, that's what happened with Mike Mark Barron. But like you're talking about Theo Riddick here too, uh, and and. Theo, like, theoretic, what did he do? Dislocate, he, like, dislocated his shoulder or something? I, yeah, I he know, something broke bad. something. Like, or oh, so, he yeah, broke yeah. his shoulder. Yeah, you can't, you can't uh, know if that's coming. Yeah, um, but it is true. I mean, they have – I think the Broncos have lost more games from players that they signed that year than any other team in the last two years. Wild, wild. Broncos only. This is a question for all, but I think we'll, Mace will have the most insight. Well, sorry about that. Yeah. With the Raiders moving to Las Vegas, do you think it will have an impact on the TV broadcast territory in Utah? Utah consistently gets the Broncos games. In recent years, when the team wasn't doing very poorly, I was shocked when the games suddenly weren't broadcast in Utah for more competitive teams. I really hope that with the Raiders relocating to Las Vegas, that somehow Utah doesn't become home territory to the losers. Do you have any insights? Thanks. Down with the Steelers, Broncos only. Well, you are most certainly right that Mace probably would have had the most insight on that because <laughs> I have no damn clue. Yeah, no idea as well. <laughs> Maybe ask next week. <laughs> or Amar find out this week. <laughs> yeah, or tweet at Mace or something. Amarillo, Amarillo, got to disagree with the first segment here. Vic made a mistake and will work to rectify it and keep it from happening again. Uh, him handing over the game management duties would be equivalent of Jerry Judy responding with his drops to just throw it to Tim Patrick. Both guys admitted their mistakes and will work to fix them. Vic can do so without passing off his game management duties. I think he at least deserves the opportunity to learn and grow from it as any player would. If Locke is throwing an interception to lose the game, no one would be saying, get Jeff Driscoll out there because Drew clearly can't handle it. You'd be surprised about some Broncos <laughs> fans. Uh, why should players receive the opportunity to learn from their mistakes but not coaches? So, Ryan, I need your opinion because that, that's clearly – Mason and I said that uh, something needed to be done. Vic Fangio had to change something. So we were hard on him for saying this week that nothing was going to change. What do you think? Because I, th I think Amarillo, uh, Amarider Amarillo, make, makes fair points, but where do you come down on this? Uh, I'm 100% with you guys. Now, here's where I agree with Amarider Amarillo and agree with you guys saying that something needs to change. I don't think Vic Fangio has to say I'm relinquishing all time management uh, and clock management duties. I simply can't handle it. It was proven out on Monday night. No, that's not what I'm expecting. I just want like a structure here where he says, okay, when the defense is on the field, 
I'm calling the plays, and Mike Munchak is in charge of making sure I'm on top of the clock. Now, it doesn't have to be his job, but he can just say, hey, Vic, you might want to rip a timeout here. And when the, defense, or when the offense is on the field, maybe Ed Donatel is the guy who just makes sure Vic has you know, his ducks in a row when it comes to clock management. Maybe it's Tom McMahon at all times. I don't care what it is. Something had to change because you, you had a mistake that was so big you lost the game because of it. Um, and again, that does not mean that Vic has to say, I'm not worried about, I'm not touching the clock one more time ever again in my career. I just wanted to hear him say, we, we fortified our process to make sure this doesn't happen. So someone, there is a structure of power here. Ryan, and that's exactly what I said yesterday. So I agree with you. And so how, I think this actually fits in with, with what, uh, I am a writer Amarillo saying is just like Jerry Judy said, he's going to go out and catch more passes to make sure his drops don't happen. That's what I wanted Vic to say was uh, we, we practiced it on Tuesday with the coaches that now I know exactly who's reporting to me at what time we know exactly how that chain of communication is going to be because literally what we've heard from Vic is just, he gets input from a lot of coaches and that's it. And he said, he, he said, it's fine. We don't even have to address it. So that's, that's just where it gets me. So I think we're not too far off Amaretta or Amarillo because I, I don't need Vic to, yeah, exactly. Like you said, Ryan, never touch the play clock again. No, that, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. From T Woods, my boys, speaking of trips to Canada, y'all need to come to Kelowna, British Columbia during the summer once COVID is done. If you have a chance to look it up on Google, you'll want to come. I already want to come. I don't even have to look it up. <laughs> One Broncos question. Seems like the Broncos D has had issues stopping the dip and dink and dunk offense that the Titans did Monday against the Raiders do against, and then that the Raiders do against us. Is there a good way to stop that? Thanks from Canada. Eh? Um, there is, you just have to expose yourself over the top. And I just don't think that's what Vic Fangio wants to do. I think he is big on Ben. Don't break. Yep, you got to press, and uh, the Broncos don't really do that. So you're just going to get death by paper cuts if the other team executes. LA Bronco 30, greetings, pod gents. He says, anyways, if you can, please explain this. So whether or not Johnson's unnecessary roughness penalty was a penalty or not, Tennessee should not have kept the ball. The penalty had no effect on the pick. Refs prove this Thursday night. Baker throws a pick, some Bengals. A player takes him out hard when he isn't even near the play. Cincinnati keeps the ball but loses 15 yards. Exactly what should have happened on Monday. And they actually showed the replay of the penalty on Baker, who is the quarterback. Bunch of trash. We should 1,000% be 1-0. Anyways, on to Pittsburgh. No, that's not how that works. Uh, it's whether the, whether the penalty occurred before or after the ball was intercepted. And it happened while the ball was in the air. So it's, uh, it's, it's not Broncos ball. Exactly. Next one coming in from Love Thunder Down Under. Guys, two things here. One, I disagree with the assessment of Vic in the comparison with Judy's drops. I don't mind the comparison. I disagree with the interpretation. Judy would be coached on concentration, if anything. He wouldn't be taught to catch differently or to catch with his feet or to get someone else to catch for him. Vic needs to execute better. He needs to concentrate. His comments shouldn't be constructed as anything but his his uh recognizing an issue and that he will execute better if Vic keeps dropping the ball sure go change it but otherwise he should get to work to the execution right well that's exactly what happened with Jerry Judy he just lost concentration just like Vic lost concentration on the game clock so I think we're just seeing it different but in the end it's the same he says next I rewatched Monday's game man god they honestly look close to being special 
Did the Titans drop 10 points not kicking well? Yep, but that was about the extent of their game-altering miscues. We had about six Jerry Judy two drops, Draymond Jones offsides, no interception for Ojemudia, Justin Simmons dropped interception, Melvin Gordon fumbled. Can't wait to see the guys on Monday morning. So what are the top three soft spots on the Steelers we need to attack? And please tell me one involves K.J. Hamler slant 75 yards to the house. What are the three top spots on the Steelers that they need to attack? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think the secondary is some uh, an area that you can attack, and, and maybe that's a KJ Hamler seventy-five yard slant to the house. Um, we, I mean, we talked a lot about this in the first segment. Uh, I also think uh, the right side of their offensive line is going to have a brand new starter over there. That's a place where you can attack too. And the Broncos flipped Bradley Chubb onto that side uh, in the Titans game, despite the fact that he's normally going up against the left tackle. Von Miller usually goes up against the right tackle. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that again this week with, with Chubb over there. And that would be smart. I think they should do that. Love Thunder Down Under continues and says, sorry, I'm back. The Browns look like they managed to get all their talent clicking. Two great running backs, two good wide receivers, a young tight end, and a young quarterback. Sure, the Bengals is not the same defense as the Ravens, but could you see the upside the talent of the Browns can afford them. Uh, wonder if we will see the Broncos click to 35 points this week. Peace. <laughs> Ryan, are the Broncos getting 35 points? What percentage they, chance? If they were playing the Bengals, yeah. <laughs> All right. Instead, they got to go. Uh, they're not. So 35 points, I would put the percentage of that at 5%. Yeah, I would go too. <laughs> Hope it happens. Hope we're wrong. Oh, definitely. From LDJ, hey guys, so I watched some film on us, and I'm sorry. The offense is going to have to show up this year if we can't score 20 points or more a game. Vic Fangio can't be the coach of the team. I think the uh, teams play the Broncos thinking that the defense is really good, but we can dink and dunk on them to put up 16 and 17 points and go home with a win because their offense sucks. So what if we only scored 16 to 17 points a game? Can they score more? Yeah, of course. I mean, the offense doesn't suck, um, and the offense was extremely hamstrung on uh on monday night and so you know that's a big problem and they also failed to execute uh, on the goal line if they do that or even if they i think if they get Cortland sutton back in that game they win um so teams can think that uh but 16 17 points is not going to beat the broncos week in week out yeah the broncos will score more points than 16 or 17 uh, the offense left the defense gas on the field entirely too long after getting hit by Derrick Henry 31 different times. And listening to Shermer yesterday, he's right. We have to execute. He gave, in my opinion, awesome perspective about the offense in the second half. If we can execute, then it opens up a lot more opportunities for other people. Drew, got to make the throw to the flat to Vanette. We got to punch in on fourth and one, and Judy can't drop the ball on key downs. They controlled the third quarter, and when Drew wanted to answer, Judy drops the ball. Like I said yesterday, it's a new day in Denver. Time for the offense to carry this team. It's time. Give Fangio 25 points, he'll do the rest, offense. P.S., it's super interesting all the praise Burrow got on social media and the broadcast about his competitive nature. Brown's defense is bad, really bad. Bengals' defense is worse. I was super confused because Drew was a rookie last year, had far less talent. Uh, but then Burrow it had just as bad of an offensive line, but skepticism on him. After two games, you see Burrow's going to be awesome. Okay, I guess. Uh, yeah. I I didn't quite understand your last point there, but uh, <laughs> Burrow's the, the number one overall pick, so yeah. he's going to get the benefit of the doubt all the time. Exactly, exactly. Negative, false, positive. I am with Emma Wright. Vic will figure it out. It was terrible to watch, but Vic is not John Fox. He wants to give the offense a chance, and will do so in the future. Here's a question for Zach. 
Are you still living in a world where Aaron Rodgers is overrated? I believe you were hoping Rodgers would end up in the AFC West. Still feel that way? Much love and happy football. Look, everyone can have good games. We've seen good games from everyone. Congratulations, Aaron Rodgers. You had a good week one in the NFL. That sounds about right. I mean, perform in September and October and then don't do much uh, in, in the playoffs. So, yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely stick with that. I'm not changing it after one game. Heck, just look no further than the Packers saying that they needed someone to replace him. Do they feel a little silly after week one? I mean, they're getting a lot of heat for it, but they did that not just because of one game. So, yeah, one game doesn't change in my opinion. Before we move on, a shout-out to Chevalier Mortgage. Call Mike and Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com to find out all they have to offer. Uh, Mike and Virginia are not only diehard Broncos fans, but they've supported DNVR for a long time. They're a husband-wife team with over 15 years of financial services experience. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage one of your largest debts, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. Visit them again at dnvrmortgage.com or call them at 303-257-6578. We want you guys to play WGT golf with us. We've got an awesome week tournament coming up this weekend and we want you to play with us. So how do you do it? Well, get on your phone, go to the, go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT. That lets WGT know that you want to play with us and it's a free app to download. So once you're in there, go to the clubhouse section and search for DNVR3. That's DNVR in the number three. That'll get you access to our clubhouse, which has hundreds of DNVR members in it. Just wanting to play some golf on their phone, tablet, anywhere you can play, you get to play with us. So make sure to go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT. It's my favorite, not just golf app, it's my favorite app to play. So make sure to get in and play some St. Andrews, play some Pebble Beach, and play the tournament this weekend. The other Ryan says, my boys, happy football, fired up, feel good, bum talk Friday. Regarding Vic Fangio's game management issues from week one, it's surprising to me because when the Broncos hired Vic Fangio, one of the things he was lauded for uh, by other NFL coaches who he worked for previously was understanding how to manage a game, the clock and timeouts, specifically Dom Capers in an interview on the now defunct Orange and Blue 760's Crockett and Stout show said, quote, one area I think Vic will be outstanding is during uh, – is in – during the time he was a coordinator for me in Carolina and Houston, he was really outstanding, I felt, in game management. I would lean on him at different times during the game as a head coach on the game management decisions because it was always well thought out and he would have specific reasons in terms of timeout usage and decisions on whether to go forward or not. I thought that he was very good in that area. I foresee Vic learning from this mistake, doing whatever it takes to not repeat it. Have a wonderful weekend. Go Broncos and go Nuggets. DNV Army salute. Yeah, and, and that's what I said, too, when he was with the 49ers, Harbaugh leaned on him a lot for game management. So it was surprising. He just needs his own Vic Fangio to help him, and that's what we're asking for. We're not asking for Vic to uh, you know, hire uh, a person to take over that. We just want a clear process where he has his own Vic. Absolutely. From VC Bronco, actually, real quick, that tells me a little bit that the pressure got to Vic Fangio. Yeah. Uh, and again – it doesn't mean he can't overcome it. It's just a little bit concerning. Yeah. Uh, and so, so have someone take off a little bit of pressure for him. Yep. 
BC Bronco. Hoping I made the cutoff today. Hearing Mace give a shout out to my hometown of Victoria, BC on the pod. Loved it. I was wondering whatever happened to shouting out obscure towns to see if any subscribers called it home. Always found it cool just to see how far reaching the DNVR family is. If Zach ever makes his way to the great white north and to my amazing hometown, I'd show you this amazing city. Actually, that goes for the entire DNVR family. Well, Ryan, what city are we shouting out today? Today, we are shouting out Portland, Maine. They, Portland, Maine. Port, the, uh, the lesser known, but maybe even more beautiful Portland. Yes, let us know if we've got any, any fair listeners in Portland, and, Maine. And really quick, Ryan, speaking of shouting things out, got to shout this out. Just so you guys know, we will not be reading any questions left on today's podcast after the post game. So make sure to save right. your comments after the game uh, for our post game pod, which will drop just a couple hours after the game. And make sure to tune in with us live right after the game. Everywhere we go live, Ryan and I will be going live seconds after Sunday's game ends. So make sure to tune in because that'll be the pod and you'll get it just seconds after the game ends. Yeah. And, uh, Feel free to come down and watch the game with us at the DNVR bar. It's always a good time. Uh, we'd love to see you down there. If you get there uh, and I'm busy or I'm upstairs, uh, just send me, just tweet it at me and say, hey, I'm down in the bar by this area. Come say hi, and I'll be happy to come hang out with you. I love it. And, man, brunch, Broncos, and football. That sounds pretty good at the DNVR bar. Sure does. And we'll have our live show, The Tailgate, right before – uh, the game starts. It's really fun. We, we go live at 9.30 a.m. from the bar, so you can come in if you want. Um, right at 10, I believe, is when we open, and you can watch the last hour of the show right before we, we go into, the, uh, into kickoff. It should be a, a really fun morning, so we'd love to have you guys down there, but at least if, if wherever you are, you can tune in to the tailgate at 9.30. We're replacing all those annoying NFL morning shows that I've never, uh, never liked. Thank goodness. Me chow chiming in. Hey, fellas, to what do you attribute the Broncos' inability to score from the one-yard line over the past two or three seasons? I'm curious why they refuse to just run a quarterback sneak on the goal line a la Tom Brady. To me, scoring from the one is about will. Is this the issue? Thanks. Um, it's just, I don't know. You got to call better plays. Would you, uh, would you do quarterback sneaks with Drew? Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I would too. I always thought the Tom Brady snake was, was so good, and that's with Tom frickin' Brady. Yep. It's so all about some lower it. body strength and all those things. I just – I there is – I'm sorry, Zach. I know that um, I might have even said, like, run the ball with Melvin Gordon, give him more than just one chance. I take back what I said. Stop running the ball in uh, on the goal line. Like, if you're <laughs> – I just <laughs> – Every time someone tries this, it ends up third and goal. Like, I watched it last night. Even the Browns with Nick Chubb couldn't do it uh, until, I believe, fourth and goal. So, I just – I think it's time to be a little more creative. Now, I will say this. You want to spread them out and run it out of the shotgun, I might be interested in that. But just saying, like, our guys are stronger than your guys, we're going to line it up and do exactly what you think we're going to do, that bothers me. At no other point in the game do you do that. Um, so try and catch them off guard like you would anywhere else on the field. Yeah, and uh, you're only going to be able to have Dalton Reisner throw Philip Lindsay over the goal line, you know, once a year. You're not going to be able to count on that every single time. 100%. So just just put on your jog strap and go. And speaking of jog straps, jog strap Jerry Johnson. Hey guys, what? Why do you think the Broncos struggled so much on the deep crossing routes last week? And what will they do differently this week to limit the damage? Juju and Deontay thrive on those routes, 
And I'm hoping that Vic comes up with something. Also, I want to give a big shout out to my guy, Jerry Itachi, who looked absolutely awesome last week. I'm predicting a four sack game from the defense with Itachi getting oh. the last one. Go Broncos and Nugs, Ryan. I think you were thinking the same thing I was a four sack game from Itachi. If he does that, man. <laughs> Broncos go. will be in business. Yep. Okay. Uh, this is an easy answer. The reason why the deep crosses were so available and just crossing routes as a whole is because uh, the Broncos entire strategy was to stop Derrick Henry. So on play action, both Jerry Ju- or both Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson were blitzing into the hole and it took away the entire, uh, it took away the entire second level of the defense in the middle of the field, which is wide open, which leaves it up to one-on-one matchups back there unless a safety can come make a play down, you know, coming downhill. But, you know, that was the Broncos game plan and they were okay with that. Like they came into the game saying like, if we give up some passes over the middle on play action, it's fine. Yep. Just don't let Derrick Henry rush for like six and a half yards per carry, which he didn't. He didn't. And they should have won the game. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And speaking of things should have done, you should have gone to Green Mountain Dental when you needed some help. uh, We needed some dental work done. Uh, but you still have a chance to do it. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans. So when you head down there, schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's a nice little value, uh, and you'll love your Sonicare toothbrush. And make sure to tag us and tag them. When you go there, we appreciate all the support. We appreciate Green Mountain Dental Group. Appreciate all our sponsors. We appreciate you guys for tuning in with us uh, on this week of the DNVR Broncos podcast. But for now going to wrap it up for us uh, we will talk to you on sunday morning tune into the tailgate on sunday morning right there at 9 30 uh and, and come down to the dnvr bar for the game at 11 should be a great time Turn